0: Your engines. Oh, this'll be good. This is the scrapyard. Welcome once again to another episode of The Scrapyard. I'm Seamus Byrne. Thank you for stopping by. This week, I am chatting with a return guest, Overwatch commentator Genome. You'll no doubt hear during the latest season of the Australian Overwatch Contender Series that just kicked off this week. We're chatting about Overwatch World Cup, the new teams coming to Overwatch League Season 2, how the Aussies have fared in the trading that's been going on, and then talking contenders and how the local scene is looking as the new season kicks off. But before we get into that, here's the latest Blizzard news. There's a bunch of events and sales on right now. So here's a quick rundown of what's out there. Overwatch itself has a free-to-play window running right now. So if you don't own it, you can play it for free this weekend right through until end of Monday, November 26th. Over in World of Warcraft, there's two big events running right now. We've got the Pilgrim's Feast, uh, which isn't one of the major festival events uh, when it comes to collecting items and things, but it's on right now and it's a really good if you want to grind out some reputations. Uh, and that's running until Monday, November 26th as well. Also, the WoW Anniversary event. If you log in, you'll get your credit for having logged in for this, the 14th anniversary of world of warcraft uh, and that runs until november 30th and you can get lots of other items that are available to collect during that window as well so check that out if that's up your alley now there's a whole bunch of sales going on right now as well around thanksgiving in the u.s uh, this is always a big time for sale tie-ins on black friday Uh, these sales will all run pretty much until monday november 26th, and you're gonna see Games that are up to 50% in terms of discounts, whether that's in-game items, all sorts of different discounts on in-game items, but a lot of the different uh, actual core titles are on sale this weekend at around 50% off. Also, heaps and heaps of the merchandise on the Blizzard online store is is massively discounted as much as 75% off. Uh, for a whole bunch of different items not just trash they're trying to get rid of uh, either there's heaps of really cool stuff in, uh, in that mix and then in one of the main games I think one well worth calling out is that in Heroes of the Storm there's a couple of mega bundles that are on sale right now And that's basically heaps of heroes. So if you don't have a big list of heroes permanently on your own roster, this is a great way to flesh that out. There's a welcome bundle that has about 10 heroes at a cheap price. And then there is what's called the heroic reinforcement bundle that actually has 30 heroes in the bundle. I'm guessing this promo deal is also going to be limited to not much longer than the other side of this weekend as well. And if you uh, don't know that heroes of the storm actually uses a dynamic pricing system on these sorts of bundles so it means if you're sort of worried that i already own a few heroes so maybe it's not really worth it uh, it does actually take out any of those extra heroes you already own so that you still get the full discount on whatever of the heroes you don't already own so it's still a really good deal even if you think uh, maybe you already own a bunch of those heroes (laughs) I also have one little error that I need to call out from my short episode last week. I said that I remember chasing stitches around Darkshore last week. And of course, I never chased stitches around Darkshore. Obviously, I meant Duskwood. After all these years, my idiot brain actually still regularly messes up saying one of those instead of the other, Duskwood, Darkshore, they're not even that close, so it's not a good excuse. But anyway, I'm sure people knew what I meant, uh, but I still feel pretty stupid for having said it on the record forevermore. Anyway, now to the meat of this week's show. Back with me this week is Genome, uh, my first two-time guest, so I guess I can technically Woo! say the, the favourite guest of yes! the Scrapyard. <laughs> um, Genome, thank you very much for coming back, and uh, it, uh, there's been lots of good, fun Overwatch stuff um, around BlizzCon and since BlizzCon, so I figured it was a really good time to catch up before what'll well, probably be the last time before we uh, hit the end of the year as well. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing extremely well, Seamus. Thank you for having me back. Um, you know, I can't
1: be my parents' favorite, but maybe I can be your favorite, and
0: that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a, a little bit at a time, one thing at a time. Um, so, yeah. Look, let's just jump back a quick touch back onto Overwatch World Cup. You know, we uh, we talked a lot about the lead up, and you know, and it happened. I think. Clearly, we knew that the Aussies were going to face South Korea. We were in yeah. in, for, in for a tough situation, but, you know, heads held high. It seems like we, you know, we, we did a good job and it was a pretty fun tournament overall, right?
1: It was, and I think, like, we came into it trying to have a bit of fun. Like, Gumber and Custer talked a lot about how they just wanted to go into the tournament and, you know, we knew we were, like, big underdogs, like, really big underdogs, so... Um, they just wanted to like put on a good showing, like not get completely stomped, like like we did in, in 2016. Uh, so you know, tick, we achieved that, um, and also maybe just you know put on a bit of a show for anyone who's looking at any of our players potentially um, to get picked up. And I think that's that's kind of worked because um, you know since then Trill, our main tank, um, has actually gone. I don't, actually, I don't think he's gone over yet, um, but he is.
0: Uh, he will be going over to NA contenders. Yeah, look, and that, that's such good news. And I think, I think you you bang on. You know, watching that um, that match from here at home, it was just you know when you see Tuster, Custer running out with a Torbjorn, you know, yeah, it was just one exactly. of those moments where you knew they'd come to put on a show. You know, and and it was just so much fun.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they said, they said specifically they put out the Torbjorn because it's just like, well, we're not going to beat South Korea at their own game. Uh, we need to try something different. We need to try and throw them off a little bit. And it worked so well. I mean, I, I legitimately thought that we could have won Blizzard World. I mean, it was a really close map. The other ones, maybe not quite as much. Um, but even taking one map of South Korea, I mean, when you look at how they just stormed through the rest of the tournament, uh, you know, that would have been a huge story.
0: Yeah, and you're right, it was so close. We were absolutely jumping out of our seats here watching that. And the fact that, you know, it wasn't just seeing Torbjorn arrive, but it was the fact that it totally did throw their game plan and and that the whole team did work together so well, um, you know, to kind of hold out on those defensive modes. It almost seemed like, even looking back on the... Um, Um, the first qualifying phase like the Aussies showed a lot of good defensive form I thought through sort of both phases here that you know okay you know sometimes it's just too hard to get past somebody but but you know we showed a number of times uh like in qualifying when we did a full hold on Anubis um that there were just all these great moments where you go man these guys really know how to defend yeah, and a
1: lot of that... Um, it's, it's a very hard thing to do in Overwatch sometimes because you really can just snowball with alts, right? If, if the other team's using their ults really well, it means they can use one or two at the start of a fight uh, and then it, it locks you down. You can't really do much to them, but the other four people on their team who aren't using their alts are just farming off you and, and building up their next lot. You don't get much back, and as a result, it just kind of it keeps rolling like that sometimes. So the ability to... Uh, you know, draw those alts out without using too many of your own, and just and you know, just being able to stop them every, uh, you know, like every point or so, rather than just having a big steamroll through to the end. It can be really tough sometimes, but you're right. The Australians did a really good job of that.
0: And I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, Trill has been signed up for, uh, for North America contenders, and hopefully, might even you know get a look in as he's on one of the academy teams. So that's going to be really cool. But um the, like he showed some amazing moments as a tank against South Korea there. Uh, I can't remember which uh, whether it was on the kind of the later half of Blizzard World um, still on defense but like some really aggressive tank play to sort of push back um, some attacking moments from South Korea and just again that great moment where you go fearless, fun uh, and just you know showing the world that you know here's somebody that, there's a lot of new teams. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of room on some rosters uh, and clearly some people uh, paid attention.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, he's got a great Winston and a really great Ryan. Both of them are, are really honestly quite top tier. And you see, especially when you've got like Ryan B. Ryan, as we've seen a lot in these uh, these recent times where you've got very tank-heavy metas, um, that's when you've got to have that real, like, you've got to have those big brain moments where you just got to predict when the other Reinhardt is going to lower their shield or somehow, um, you know, or coordinate with your team with a, with a shield bash through Brig, even though they're taking that away. Don't worry, guys. It's gone. We're not going to see any of that anymore. It's going to go back to just being mind games with the Reinhardts and who can get that shatter out.
0: Yeah. So, Look, I think it was it was so much fun. And then, look, I think, yeah, I don't want to spend forever, though, talking World Cup stuff. I think, yeah. uh, you know, since then, it was funny. I... A bit like last year, I expected maybe we'd get the, you know, the reveal of all the new Season 2 teams at the end of BlizzCon, you know, maybe around that sort of World Cup final ceremony. But we didn't get any of that, but we started to see uh, the new teams rolling out since then. Um, have any of the new names, colours, logos been catching your eye? Uh, I
1: think, yeah, the, the two that have stuck with me the most have definitely been the Chengdu Hunters, and uh i'm actually blank it, it, the, I, I keep thinking finger boom because all, all i saw was um <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah yeah the, the comparison between the old was i think the kt rolster one where they had that they were called kt rolster finger boom or something like that um it, it's because it's hilarious they've totally like kind of stolen that whole idea but it's it's fine it works and i really like their their color scheme as well the whole uh, the blue and pink which a lot of people were actually saying Florida Mayhem should have picked up and I think since that time they've actually branded their academy team like that so ah. I don't know if they'll get to
0: keep that <laughs> after uh, after Joe coming to it yeah look I think um, uh, the first couple of reveals you know when we saw you know Toronto Defiant come through in like black and red and though you know pretty sharp black and red I'll admit but but there were so many kind of reds and blues and that you know like just such classic sports team colors that it was like oh here we go like we're not seeing anything cool but then you're right like I think Chengdu with with the panda logo as well to go with hunters kind of just a nice way to mix it up I'm sure they'll be nicknamed the. It's it's electric, yeah, an electric panda, <laughs> more ele- more electric than uh, what was it, surge or um, charge? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other uh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, Guangzhou, oh, because of course we got spark, um, and then the other one is yeah, it was charge. I think you're right um, because the, they've got like the lightning bolt um, down the middle of the logo as well. I actually, I'm kind of digging that. Um, I, know, I thought I had it open here in front of me, but now I've managed to lose it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the I really do like the logo for... Oh, sorry. And that was Atlanta Rain. They were the other one. Also red and black. You know, so some really kind of mundane um, color schemes going on.
1: Like I, I, don't, I don't mind the names. I don't mind the, the color schemes, but I think you're right. You've got to like try and separate yourself somehow, right? You, you've yeah. got to make yourself unique. And a lot of the, especially the Defiant, I feel weren't really hitting that note
0: yeah and it's like Paris Eternal I mean okay the, you know, uh red and uh, sorry yeah red and blue are like very very kind of traditional you know we are the French team sort of a vibe um with the uh the cockerel kind of logo as well um but again, it was all oh, just pretty stock standard. But it was then such a beautiful surprise at the end to have Spark turn up with bright pink and teal colors and just like this total 80s throwback neon vibe. <laughs> um, that that definitely made me go, okay, at least somebody has turned up going, you know what? Maybe there'll be people who don't even support us as a team specifically, but they might still buy the shirt because the colors are just out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Australia, we're, we're still kind of de facto in some senses. Actually, I haven't done the maths. Um, I seem to recall that Shanghai was the closest geographic team to Australia last oh. time. It um, <laughs> looks like have to, yeah We'll have to double check on a map uh, which... Uh, which of the new Chinese cities is officially the most uh, geographically close to yeah. Australia, um, you know, and, and then we'll, that'll be our de facto team. Uh, uh, I at mean, least in a- oh,
1: come on. We've got the Valiant, uh, are Green and Gold, and, I mean, well, uh, Gumba's left. He's gone to Boston Uprising, uh, but they've still got Custer. Oh, I'd missed that.
0: Okay. So, that, well, that's, yeah, I'd missed that bit of news. So that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he'd, he'd always had some ties to uh, Boston Uprising. There's a couple of players there that um, I think he was, he was really wanting to work with, and even though it has tended to be more of a Korean team, uh, I don't, you know, he doesn't have any have any troubles with that. Like Valiant, um, he, he was actually one of the first people I remember in the Australian scene who would go and start queuing on the Korean servers instead of the Australian servers, and like started learning how to speak uh, Korean purely just so he could yeah, like wow. communicate with his teammates better
0: when he was playing Korean ranked. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean that's that's commitment right there <laughs> um, but look you're right I think there is there's no going past valiant when it comes to they picked our team colors uh, you know Custer is look we, we'll call him the captain you know we might as well um, and you know basically yeah that's 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 the, uh, the the very easy other other option of course you know, in the end all this sports stuff right like until we have a true Australian team yeah. There's so many people that I know, you know, they just fall in love with whatever team for whatever reason. Um, and it's just part of the fun, you know. And I think once we do get that first team, whenever it may be, um, then I'm sure uh, we'll be buying an awful lot of merch to, to go along with <laughs> with whatever. Even if it's Melbourne, I don't mind, you know, I'll, I'll still buy As the shirt. As it should be. Not, hashtag <laughs> Melbourne <laughs> home of e-sports. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. <laughs> Um, so let's dive into a bit of Contender Season 3, right? So uh, I guess off the back of the World Cup, I did notice around that window of time that Drop Bears, already the dominant team, started making all their announcements that essentially seemed to mean that they were signing pretty much anybody who was playing for the Australian team. Um, you probably have a bit more of an insight on... on maybe it wasn't every single player, um, but, uh, you know, what kind of movements were there in that lead-up, and then we've obviously just had week one. So, um, what's the scene looking like right right now?
1: Yeah, so you're pretty much right. It, it basically is the World Cup team. Um, <laughs> obviously, you can't have Custard because Custer's in Overwatch League, right? Um, but Bertlog was the one who was uh, he was. So there was there was a top twelve picked for the Australian World Cup team, and then seven of those um, top twelve got to go and actually. Well, I say player. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure Yuki actually did get any playtime in the end. But anyway, um, seven of them were there at BlizzCon. Um, so Bertlock wasn't one of those. But say just just take Custer out of the equation. Bertlock would have been the next best uh, main support and would have been playing on it. So he was already a Sydney Drop Airs player, and so was a crack. So it was really easy for them to just say, okay, well, like we'll keep these two. Um, but at this point, these guys had spent such a long time practicing together because. You know, they really wanted to get to BlizzCon for first of all and then do well when they got there. So they've been working with Custer, they've been working with Gumba really hard, two guys who can just give them so much um, knowledge, experience, and um, and just really great coaching, honestly, that they've um, taken from their all their work um, during the Overwatch League. So this is just super valuable for them and they, and they felt like, um, you know, they wanted to get the most out of that. And then after that really intense process, of working together for this whole time and, and, you know, making it all the way through to the playoffs, which is just a fantastic effort. Um, they felt like they just wanted to stay together. So even though Blank had been together for quite some time, they'd, you know, they'd lived together um, at this point. Um, the Blank members there, so that's CKM, Huss, um, uh, and Trill, um, decided to go to the bears. They, they kept Punk because uh, hoo who who was the other Blank um, off-tank, he would have never been in the, the World Cup team anyway, because he's a New Zealander. They might have kept him instead of Punk. That's, who, who knows? That's a, in an alternate universe, I guess. Um, but he's kind of dropped off a bit. So they just kept Punk, they kept Burtlog, they kept the Kraken. So it was three of the City Bears players, and they took the other ones from Blank, because it just yeah, I mean, they they solidify themselves essentially as a full team playing that World Cup and they just want to stick together. And I think it's a, a fantastic choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really does seem like it's just going to elevate you know that team to another level as well. The fact they had that time with you know Gumber and Custer kind of giving them that elite level of, you know, here's how we've been coaching, here's how we've been operating. Uh, just that extra exposure to, to that platform is going to be so valuable. Uh that, you know, again, I think, and hopefully that spills into the wider contenders, um, you know, pool of play here in Australia too, right? That, you know, that that those players, you know, push everybody else <laughs> to try to, you know, keep, keep up.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, actually, because I know that they will, by and large, try... Uh, not to scrim as many Australian teams as they can. They tend to like scrimming overseas teams, scrimming Korean teams, um, because they think they get pushed harder and they think they're generally better teams where they can learn more. Uh, I know they have been, yeah, I'm just thinking of some schedules I've seen. I'm pretty sure they have, um, ended up scrimming some Australian teams. So I'm sure there will be stuff for people to take away there, not only in the official matches, of course, they, you know, they can't, they can't dodge those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah I think the other thing is just the Sydney drop have like it, it's backed by um, uh, was it Guinevere Capital and you know they've got quite a lot of resources um, they're, they're going and staying in the, the OPL um, house while they're there then and they're using the high performance centre in Sydney so unlike other some other teams where they've had maybe a boot camp for a week before LAN previously in contenders these guys are going to be in a house um, well some of them for pretty much the whole time which is going to make a big
0: difference yeah, yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to, uh, you know, just to see, I guess, if can anybody else, uh, you know, step up and, and deliver, a, you know, a, 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 a shock upset along the way through the season? Because it certainly seems like they're uh, incredibly well placed to stay right on top. But I think it's possible. Yeah. And look, we've just had. First week, so um, you know, how how has that looked to you? Um, how are the various teams kind of shaping up at the moment? And um, you know, aside from sort of drop bears, uh, you know, who else kind of does seem like there's some exciting stuff for people to tune in and watch? So order and blank. So this is a new order and a new blank. If you if you're
1: watching the last season, you may as well just throw away everything <laughs> you knew. Um, they're completely different teams. All the, the top three. Um, so Blank, although they've lost essentially most of their team to Sydney Droppers, they have actually kept their supports, because as we talked about, Sydney Droppers kept their supports. Um so Kura and Tang, who are both just super, super good players, have stayed on Blank. And they've also brought in um, some other top-tier talent from Legacy, like Kanga, um, Nellery was actually um, trying to make it over in NA, I think, for last season, he's come back to Australia, but he's still a, quite a strong main take. You might remember him from Masterminds uh, in season one. So they're looking really good, and from what I've heard, they've actually um, they might actually have a team house for some of the uh, some of the time as well. So again, I think that'll really push them up a bit. And the other sort of super team that was made from the ashes of um, Darkside and Sydney Drop Bears, um, amongst others, was Order. And they've got Yugi, who is just basically a walking highlight reel. They've got Quartz, who I, you know, was very close to, um, to getting up to Trill's level and, um, almost making it to the World Cup. He's, just, uh, I think he's 16 years old, but just so incredibly talented. He's, look, in, in two years time, I want to see that, that guy's name on an owl jersey because I think he deserves it
0: what are the things you know i think there are, would be a lot of people who you know might listen to this show who think well you know i'll just wait until the next season of overwatch league you know but what what are some of the sort of cool things that people can pick up on from contenders that that you know is a little bit different to to overwatch league itself and that you know is a, a really exciting sort of part of uh, of why you'd want to watch I think it's just, you know, getting
1: invested in those local storylines. Like, for for me, following someone, um, you know, right from the days where they're just, like, a a ranked MM scrub, you know, going through to playing on the world stage is incredible, right? Like, I mean, you know, Huss from the City Drop Bears, like, I I bumped into him at this random LAN uh, in Melbourne, like, only a couple of months after Overwatch came out, um, and I think he'd only just started playing on teams Back then and so to watch someone like that go through and you know get through to like the middle tier teams like in Australia and then all of a sudden um you know Skyrock to the top and is playing overseas in the Pacific Division and then on the World Cup playoff stage I mean that's it's just an incredible story to follow and I think um if you want to get the most out of those like yeah you've got to you definitely got to be watching contenders because that's where you see these guys like grow and blossom. Uh, and, and girls, there's, there's quite a few in contenders now, um, to really uh, to really watch the full storyline.
0: Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that as well. And that um, it is, it's it's kind of that college basketball sort of a vibe to it, where you, you're really sort of watching these people who you know are looking for that opportunity to show off what they've got uh and when you see that you know it's not every single person but but as those people find that chance to emerge and actually catch that opportunity it's it's already been really cool to see sort of some of those people making that move out of local market over the u.s um you know when obviously when custard was first uh you know sort of heading over to Dallas Fuel. It was, yeah you know, he was playing in European teams and all that, but it was all in that sort of era before we really had that um, wider visibility, I guess, you know, of, of Overwatch as an eSport. Uh, and now there's sort of all these layers to it that you really can sort of tune in and, and watch those those things happen. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, Custer was a little bit of a different um, story. He, he went over there sort of just, I don't know, uh, without any other hope. I don't know, that sounds kind of bad. It was like he went over there and just took a chance and said, like, all right, I'm going to sit here and grind until I make it. And he did, and that's fantastic. I, I'm not sure he can quite do that anymore. I, I get the feeling that's what Nellery was kind of trying um, last season, but now we've, we've seen him come back uh, to Australia. But, you know, there's just there's success stories coming out. I think even today there was another one, um, Face, who was the Sydney Drop Bears coach. Um is now going over to NA as well. He's picked up a, I think it was NRG, who is the, if I'm not mistaken, the San Francisco Shock Academy team. Um, uh, he's uh, going to be coaching for them over in over in NA. Which, uh, you know, if you're not kind of aware, it's like, why are you moving from one contenders region to another? It seems a bit silly. Like it's just, it's either this or our node. know. It's, it doesn't quite work like that in in terms of how how it flows. You, NA contenders is kind of like one step closer. Um, to the Overwatch League. It's, it's sort of a more uh, respected league, I guess. There's, there's a bit more talent concentration in there. And because you're working directly with, because the academy teams are owned and operated by some of the same um, organizations that, that own the Overwatch League teams, um, you're just that much closer to you know, networking and, um, and getting recognized and being able to actually you know, show how good you are as a coach or a player to those organizations that can hire you for Overwatch
0: League totally yeah yeah that's really cool um okay look so one of the other things about contenders actually is seems to be yeah they don't do delays on uh patches versus like what's what's on live servers uh, for the rest of us and things like that like they did in Overwatch League right so so that kind of means when you know ash and her good buddy bob um you uh, know hit live servers no. Do Sorry. they get close no no oh, they so do they- delay
1: yeah they do actually have a different server they play on um, called the I think it's the the OPR. So yeah, they they will be stuck with uh, Brigida doing full shield damage for all of contenders season three. Um, ah. <laughs> at, at the playoffs at the playoffs, we may see uh, a new patch. So sometimes um, in the gap between the regular season and the contender's playoffs,
0: right. um, they will
1: update it. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll put Ash and Bob in. Like usually, they wouldn't make such a, a drastic change because it—I don't know—it feels kind of weird, right? Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's bad both ways, honestly. Because like in one way, you're kind of like, well, you know, we just watched them play. Like this is the best team at this sort of stage of the game and then i mean as we saw in the overwatch league finals like nyxl just drop off because it's like a completely different meta and they can't you know use snipers or whatever yeah. any anymore which kind of sucks but at the same time you're like well ashen bob is sick i want to see how like the professionals doing it what what is this like weird patch that i don't even remember um you know because it, it was like two months ago by the time they're still playing it like that really sucks too i, I get that as a viewer
0: Yeah, and look, and that's yeah. I I, yeah, clearly, I was totally confused. Um, I remember sort of hearing about how the like the the whole um, goat comp uh you yeah, know came out of sort of a contenders team somewhere in Europe or something like that but um i must have been mixed up about exactly how all the timings worked on you know how they came up with this cool new strat um compared to yeah when it finally filtered into um actually the higher levels of play um but yeah it's still it's going to be a lot of fun when those characters do land so what do you think they're gonna actually shake up because I guess they should be in place by the time we do get to um, season two Overwatch League, which will kick off in February. So hopefully it'll be, it'll be on their servers by then.
1: Oh yeah, like one hundred percent, it'll be in, in Overwatch League season two. Um, if you if we're lucky, it may even come in for the the contenders playoffs. Um, as for Ash, like the player, I'm it's I've had a lot of fun playing her. I think she's really cool. Um, one of the things I'm really Hoping is that like maybe she can shake things up a little bit. I'm, I'm, it's more gonna be, I think Brigitte is getting a nerf soon where her shield bash doesn't do as much damage and also she can't shield bash through other shields. So the Reinhardt's got his shield up, you can't just bash him and then like combo whatever you could because the shield's down, right? And at that point, goats may no longer be the go to composition for everybody. And so then, you know, everything just gets shaken up again and we'll, people will have to see what the top teams figure out i'm really hoping that ash can be um, possibly used in dive just because of that coach gun right because there's a lot been a lot of times where you might want a hit scan but you can't really pick it um on certain maps like say if you're attacking in Numbani or something right like dive is really really popular there um but you can't really get the the right angles to make a hit scan work but because she's got that coach gun mobility Maybe she can actually, you know, now stick with a team. She can, you know, get to that high ground when the Winston and the David dive up there. Um, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see, like, how you get work, um, Ash, into those sort of compositions. Um, I, I do feel like she feels a little bit weak sometimes without Bob. Like, she's one of those characters where, like, if someone else gets up close and personal with her, um, you kind of feel a little bit helpless
0: sometimes. Like, she doesn't have a lot of presence. And look I think it is it is fascinating to have a new character you know come along that you know, as a piece of design um you know fascinating where when we talk about a character we talk about it very much in in sync with her ultimate because her ultimate is not yeah, yeah, just yeah, a like weapon <laughs> Victor and Hugo, yeah. it's um,
1: And he, like, he is a fully-fledged character, right? Like, if, if you guys haven't had a chance to have a play around with him yet, like, you can nano-boost him. He contests points. Um, I think he can be healed, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, uh, and damage-boosted. Uh, it's, yeah, like, he does everything a regular hero could... You, you could want of a regular hero, right?
0: It's, uh... Except move. Yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, as, um... As the big picture for uh, heading into 2019, what's exciting you about, uh, you know, Overwatch over the next, uh, you know, three months or so?
1: Um, obviously, contenders, I'm, I'm always just super hyped to see how um, our Australian teams go and see how these guys grow. Um, so I will definitely be tuning in for all of the, uh, the contenders. Uh, I think into 20... I think the finals are actually in January, if I'm not mistake in this year so the action will spill over into 2019 uh a little bit um the other thing i guess i'm really excited about is um the potential for third party tournaments to come online and unfortunately we haven't really we haven't seen any essentially like any really big ones happen um there's been a couple run by the overwatch league teams like they get this in the contracts that got leaked at some point, I think there was this dispensation where you can run a couple of tournaments yourself. And some of them have taken advantage of that, uh, advantage of that. They've put on little show matches like between, you know, two our teams or something. Um, but as someone who comes from, you know, a background of watching Starcraft and CS and stuff, like I just want a really like fat stacked bracket where I can watch people <laughs> go all the way through and really like get put through the grinder, like none of this like fluff stuff. Um, so I'm really hoping that, uh, we get some really cool, um, third party tournaments come through just to tide us over when you know when there's no contenders or when there's no Overwatch league and maybe it's too late for that uh, this year maybe we'll have to wait until the off season in, in 2019 but look I can always hope
0: That's right. And look, yeah. while we're talking about our wish list for the future, um, I thought this week a good time for people to be doing some browsing of the Blizzard store because they've got their big sale on, because it's the whole Black Friday thing, Um, plus it's kind of heading into the whole Christmas season. Um, So I am curious in what cool gift, if you could have uh, any piece of Overwatch merch, uh, under the Christmas tree this year, you know, uh, what would you want, g Look... And, and can I just say that I'm not actually promising I'm going to buy it for you. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I hate that you've... Just before I went live, you told
1: me that the entire Overwatch League store is 75% off right now because <laughs> I, I, can't sure not, I can't not buy things now. And that's... Uh, I feel like that's a little bit mean, but... Uh, uh, the one thing, if there was one thing I've always wanted actually, but I think it keeps selling out whenever they do reprints of it, is the classic Runaway Jumper. Do you know of this, folks? Right? No, no, what? What's the deal? Wow. Okay, so uh, the Koreans have like amazing uh, uniforms, right? So wh- back in the Apex days when Apex in Korea was like sort of the biggest Overwatch League tournament around back before ours, and there was this team called Runaway and they just had this great story. There was like this streamer dad kind of guy who got them all together and he was just a fantastic personality and they just looked so happy every time they won. Um, And yeah, all these Korean teams had just amazing outfits. Like some of them were wearing like literally like sailor outfits to the games. And for whatever reason, Runaway went with this like, I mean, this is going back to what I said about um, the Spark and why I liked their colours. They had this bright pink jersey Um, with the Runaway logo on it. And that was just their uniform. So, like, they just rock up in, like, sweatpants and it's just, like, this super bright pink jumper and it's just become pretty iconic for Overwatch, really. Um, But it's honestly, it's they keep doing reprints and it gets sold out. So if I could find one of
0: those under my tree, I would be very happy that is cool I, I did just do a quick search and I don't know if it's the right one I've just I've just dropped in the link there into our uh, chat and um, it, I mean it, it might be a knockoff of some kind but uh, the, I see an Overwatch runaway sweater in, no, that's in light pink that is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> It says it's available. I'm just the one. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not 75% off. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, it's like unofficial merch equals no discount for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's like, it's a really iconic piece of uh, of Overwatch history. So. It
0: is cool. Yeah. And look, I actually, uh, I, I was traveling to the States and back last week, and I was watching a, a documentary. Uh, it's a little bit old, but... Uh, all work, all play uh, about, you know, the esports scene, specifically League of Legends from about uh, three or four years ago. But um, uh, there was one of the Korean teams in that who just had the slickest outfits, you know, and they had the, the you know the whole suit and tie sort of vibe at times. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you, know, I just, you know, they know how to rock a proper outfit uh, over there in Korea. Clearly, they've been doing it a lot longer than the rest of us, um, but they know how to take that seriously and bring some real style to the party
1: i just love how creative they are like why does it just have to be like a sports jersey i mean i know overwatch league is going for the whole like you know let's be a sports franchise thing but like you can be so much more guys Like think (laughs) outside the box give me give me some like david bowie inspiration here
0: yeah here's the
1: uh i'll just put the sailor one in
0: there as well oh awesome here we go oh yeah that is good (laughs) that is actually really cool it's, it's almost... You know what it reminds me of? It's kind of like the uh, the Final Fantasy uh, eight seed uniforms. It's the vibes I get. And that's it. I just... I love that it's like, you know what? Even if I'm not necessarily in love with that vibe, I'm like, I just love that they've created a vibe at all. Yeah. That's always really it's great. something. Yeah. Um, but look, I'll touch on the fact that uh, for people who, who do want to rock the Australian Overwatch World Cup vibes, uh, you can actually... It's still buy all the, uh, you know, this year's jerseys with like with players' names on them. Um, the works, it, it is, it is a bit of money. It's like 70 bucks, or you can get a custom one with your own name on it for a hundred bucks. And that's, that's US dollars. in uh, the conversion. Are, are you telling me
1: they're not 75% off, James? No,
0: they are not 75% off. <gasps> so that's the, that's the weird thing where you, you click through to another website, uh, called Into the AM, um, whatever that is exactly so if you if you want custom uh world cup jerseys they they're not 75% off but but all the Overwatch League team jerseys are 75% off right now so that means like from 85 bucks they're now like $21 and 25 cents or something like that Um, so that is a pretty awesome awesome discount there's a few different tiers of discounts like 75% off and 50% off Um, but it seems like almost all of the official season one Merch. It's like if it's left over in the shop, but then they are trying to get rid of it right now. And <laughs> boy, is that a good time. Sure, surely we're getting some for plugging it so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Um,
1: yeah, well, I. There's a Blizzard ANZ guy standing over your shoulder, <laughs> right? Just, just nodding his head.
0: Yeah, yeah, just ticking the boxes for me <laughs> as I do this. Uh, I mean, I bought a whole bunch of hats and uh, fridge magnets and everything uh, before the, f- the first season um, just because, yeah, the, the kids and I decided, all right, let's commit. We're going to pick some. Teams, we're going to get some shirts and hats and have a good time. Who, who did you go for? Um, oh, look, honestly, I was a bit of a floater. I kind of, <laughs> I really struggled to commit. Um, my son fully committed to the shock. Um my daughter started out um following Soul Dynasty because they had a tiger logo, but then yep. she she flipped to the gladiators because she realized it's a lion and it's purple and oh. it's purple and purple is her favorite colour. Um right. so and next season she can go for the panda, Yeah. Look I, I kind of I I really started to hone in on the Houston Outlaws. I like the vibe of the guys on the team. Um, you know, I like the color scheme. Just those little sort of touch points that makes you go, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but then, you know, still the very, very firm place in my heart for the Valiant because of the Aussie connections to that team as of well. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I am kind of, I'm, I'm vibing for the uh, the Guangzhou charge for the, uh, for the new season just because I love the GZ logo. And the fact that in the in the kind of uh, empty space in between the G and the Z, you can actually see like a lightning bolt shape. It's like yeah. I, think it's <laughs> a really, I love it. I think it's so cool. Um, and also that again, they've gone for like a like a steel blue and a navy blue sort of a cool color scheme, just slightly different to this whole red plus blue or black <laughs> um but yes yeah, so i quite liked their vibe and um you yeah, know hoping that the team if they can yeah win a game or two and just make me feel like that it's not going to be a depressing season um uh, for chinese teams then uh, you know maybe i'll uh, get I, I think i'll definitely get their hat just because i think the gz is is a really cool hat yeah, with the uh, the lightning
1: bolt going through the middle would be too bad. I mean, I feel like I probably had similar reasons for, for going for the Spitfire, actually, just because, yeah, again, they were like the one that was kind of different with their, with their color scheme.
0: Yeah. But look, um, yeah, I think anybody who likes all things Blizzard should definitely jump onto the website while this Black Friday sale is on. I think most of the super crazy discounts will probably disappear come Monday, I think it is. I think on the actual site, But yeah, I I think basically by Monday, uh, most of those, yeah, big, crazy sale prices will disappear. Um, but yeah, you know, check that stuff out, um... Genome, it's been awesome to have you along for the ride again, um, and yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we will be able to tune in and catch you um, during contenders um, busting out the the commentary. Uh, fingers crossed, we'll see you uh, in coming weeks. And yeah, any other thoughts on where people can find you and your awesome work online?
1: Um, yeah, just check me a follow at Genome GG. Um, actually, we're doing some top five. Uh, highlights of Australian contenders in conjunction with Snowball Esports at the moment, so um, I'll definitely be be chucking out some retweets and stuff for that. That's a, a really easy way to just you know jump on and see uh, you know what what the best things coming out of Australian contenders are while I make terrible puns. So yeah.
0: Thanks once again to Kale Genome Morton, who stopped by. He is one of Australia's Overwatch contenders, commentators, and it is great to have him around anytime we want to dig deep into what's been going on in Overwatch lately. And that is the show for this week. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you've enjoyed the show. hope you can see that we're smoothing out some of the rough edges that were here in the first few weeks. Uh, and hopefully the show is getting nicer to listen to uh, at a technical level uh, as well as an interesting content level. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have a really exciting show next week. Stay tuned for that. There's something special lined up, and hopefully everything falls into place. So I won't say too much uh, before then, but until then, please, if you're enjoying the show, sign up on your favourite podcast apps, Tell your friends that there's this great new Aussie Blizzard show called The Scrapyard, and until next week, have a good time.